Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Friday morning, a little Friday fun with you on 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, MP on the mic, off and running. Crew's all here, JC's here, Megan's here. AWOD's not here. AWOD's at River City Roll for the big Super Bowling Challenge later. I think we can say that. I don't know. Maybe I'll get fired before the Super Bowling Challenge happens. Well, we'll see. The lawyers come running in the door. You'll know what happened. Uh, big showdown today. Uh, 11.45 pregame right here on The Fan. We'll get rolling at 12.00. Uh, AWOD has challenged me to a bowling throwdown at River City Roll. Uh, I think a lot of people are very excited about this. I'm very excited about this. Here's the tale of the tape. AWOD does his show Fridays from River City Roll every week, and every week he bowls. So he's fresh. He, he's been bowling. Uh, he's telling me he's putting up scores. He, he's rolled a 160 the other day. I'm going to be honest. I cannot compete with that. Um... The pressure of this moment, though, you never know how you'll truly react until you're in the middle of the Super Bowling Challenge, as we will be shortly. So we'll look forward to that. So here's how this is going to work. At 11.15, uh, you'll hear my chat with Linnell Willingham. We recorded that earlier. Not so much earlier that we're talking about, like, will the Commanders beat the Bears? It's not that kind of earlier. Just like last night. Uh, you'll hear that while I slide over to River City Roll, loosen up the bowling arm, loosen, you know, put on the shoes. Got to get the rental shoes, hopefully to put the little spray in them. The spray is for show. The spray's never cleaned anything. Uh, I don't need the bowling secrets for you. Put on the shoes, get ready. Now, I was at one point, look, I'm from the Midwest. In the Midwest, we bowl. There's, there's not much else to do. There's not much else to do in the Midwest, so we bowl. At one point, I could put up a 200. That time was 20 years ago. And I haven't bowled. In that 20 years. So this this could be embarrassing. Uh, it's a very it's a low-stakes matchup, but a high-stakes matchup. Uh, a lot of pride on the line, and I believe the loser is going to have to take a shot of Tabasco sauce live on air. Uh, so I'm bracing myself. I don't I don't I'm I'm lowering expectations, right? I'm I'm the coach before the game. Other team's good. We got our work cut out for us. We'll see what happens. If you want to join us at noon, we'll be at River City Roll. Down there for a little Question. Friday fun, the Super Bowling Challenge. Yes, sir, JC. How many ounces is that shot of Tabasco? Is this a 
regulation Dep- shot. Depends if I win or if I lose, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm nervous for you. There you go. It's, uh, it's in my backpack. I'll get it during the break and uh, and show you. I actually brought it. Oh, uh, with, okay. It, it's with tell. me. It's it's in the it's in my possession Very right good. now. So we're we're prepared. And we're ready to go. Kind of like a little, little airplane bottle of Tabasco. Oh, a little nipster. Okay. Um, like just a, a little something for the loser. 10 frames uh, plus plus bonuses if you earn them. If you don't earn them, you don't get them. Can't, can't, can't take them with you. Those are the rules of bowling. We'll talk with our guy, Gary Hess, here at 1015, of course. Uh, all sorts of fun up ahead today. Uh, I want to revisit that LSU-South Carolina women's basketball game last night. An absolute treat. But the news this morning is the NFL coaching search carousel. We're down to two teams, folks. And yesterday brought what I would consider to be the first stunner of the cycle. And it's going to put something in play here for the commanders. I'm just going to say it. Bill Belichick did not get the Atlanta Falcons job. I think we were all counting on that happening. Belichick had been down there for two interviews, had done the in-person interview. Owner Arthur Blank reportedly very much wanted him. Uh, the the details and the organization were the parts that, that tripped it up. So Bill Belichick's, I think, almost certainly going to be left without a head coaching job in the 2024 season. By the way, Mike Vrabel, same boat. I don't think either of them are going to be coaching football next year. You got two jobs left. You got the commander's job and the Seattle Seahawks job. Now, the commanders are bringing in Dan Quinn for a third interview next week, which is a little aggressive for Dan Quinn. Uh, not that I don't think he'll be a good coach. I think he's Seattle's guy. And I'm wondering if that's a little gamesmanship here to to keep Seattle on track and focused on their search. At any rate, the commanders are zeroed in on Ben Johnson. That's that's how we're putting it there. That's the that's the, the you can't officially hire until the Lions season's over, but they're zeroed in on Ben Johnson. So you got you got everybody in their landing spot here. The chairs have stopped. Everybody's got their seats. And we got two big names that are not going to get to sit down in head coaching chairs next year. Bill Belichick, because the negotiations fell apart in Atlanta, and Mike Vrabel, the fired coach of the Tennessee Titans, who ended up not getting an interview elsewhere. By the way, there are people razzing Tennessee for not trading Vrabel. I think this is this is your conclusive proof here. There was nothing to trade. Uh, nobody wanted him. Look at look at the guys who are getting hired. They are young and they coach offense. That's the theme here. That you you add up these coaches who have been selected. They are young and they coach offense. Brian Callahan got a job and Bill Belichick didn't. Dave Canales got a job yesterday. Bill Belichick's still looking. There's a type right now. NFL wants a young offensive mind. So, here's the question. If you're a Washington Commanders fan, and I know a lot of you are, do you want Bill Belichick as your defensive coordinator? And uh, Grant Paulson, by the way, I brought this up to him, and, and he was visceral in his reaction. Hard no. Hard no for Grant Paulson. I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. I want Bill Belichick as my defensive coordinator. Here's the thing. Bill Belichick didn't get a head coaching job. Not because he's not qualified. He's insanely qualified. Not because he's not good at coaching. He's great at coaching. Not because the game has passed him by. I think it was very clear this year. The schemes are still fresh and innovative as they've ever been. Bill Belichick didn't get a job this year because in New England, he had 
total control over the whole building. Final say over everything that happened, everywhere it happened. And I don't think he's going to get that anywhere. And if he didn't get it this year, seven coaching openings, eight coaching openings if you count New England, uh, obviously Belichick wasn't going to get the job in New England for reasons. Uh, Eight coaching openings, seven of them would have had Belichick on their list. And he got none of them, got negotiations with Atlanta, didn't get it. That's not going to be different in 25. That's not going to be any different next year. There still is not going to be a team that wants to give Bill Belichick full control, especially not after he's out of the league for a year. You see this a lot. You got to stay in the game. You got to stay in the circuit. And the way to do that for Bill Belichick is going to be to be a defensive coordinator somewhere. And it's going to be to show that you can be part of a functional team and that you can take orders from somebody. Because when he's the head coach again, he's not going to run the building. The days of him running a building are over. He's going to have to be a coach somewhere and show that he can be lower on the lower on the org chart, not at the very top, not calling the shots. And I think Washington's a great place to do that. I really do. I think if you have a first-time coach in Ben Johnson, if Belichick's willing to take on that mentorship role, he could coach the heck out of that defense. You don't think Benjamin St. Juice get way better with Bill Belichick? You don't think... The you know Kendall Fuller could have a career year with Bill Belichick. These are smart guys. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. He'd make Deron Payne a freaking nose tackle. Been yelling for it for four years. Bill Belichick could see. He'd watch it tape for ten seconds. He go, why isn't this guy a nose tackle? Let's go. Let's fix this problem. He'd get the defense humming. It's the everything else that's the issue. I'm willing to roll the dice. Uh, I, I think, I think, I think it's a risk that would be worth taking. Vrabel too. I'd I'd take I'd take a look at Rabel as well. Uh, I'd I'd go hard on those guys potentially. I do I do think as as the wheel settles down here. I'll, I'll be curious who Seattle picks. I think it's Dan Quinn, uh, Mike McDonald. I think that'll be your hot name next year. What he's done in Baltimore, the way that Ravens defense is humming. We'll get to the NFL picks in a bit. You just can't pick against this guy right now. He's on maybe the biggest heater an assistant coach has been on in a long time. Maybe since Kyle Shanahan was a young up-and-comer in Atlanta, and he was leading, the, leading his team to a Super Bowl. I think this guy needs a lot more consideration. All right, we got to set the board for the uh, weekend in hoops as well. We'll do that at 11. You are against Dayton. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. I'm just crazy fired up for this game. It's going to be a fantastic basketball game. Love to see if Spiders might be the A-10's best hope to hang with Dayton. We'll see if they can do it. VCU's down in Charlotte. They'll take on Davidson tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. If you're wondering where to hear that, I don't know why you are. We say it every time they play. It's right here. It's on the fan. A little late night tip, a little Saturday night action for you, VCU at 8 o'clock. UVA and Tech both have relatively easy games this weekend. UVA headed to Louisville. Uh, they can't. UVA can't win on the road, but this is a game you can win on the road. They can take care of business against Louisville. Georgia Tech visits the Castle. Sold out crowd there, 5 o'clock tip out in Blacksburg. We're off and running. It's a Friday, a little Friday fun here as we build to the Super Bowling throwdown between me and AWOD. High noon at River City Roll. Our friend Gary Hess joins us for his Friday visit next. You're listening to 910 The Fan now. 105- Friday morning, a little Friday fun with you on 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM MP on the mic. Off and running. Crew's all here. JC's here. Megan's here. AWOD's not here. 
AWOD's at River City Roll for the big Super Bowling Challenge later. I think we can say that. I don't know. Maybe I'll get fired before the Super Bowling Challenge happens. Well, we'll see. If the lawyers come running in the door, you'll know what happened. Uh, big showdown today. Uh, 11.45 pregame right here on the fan. We'll get rolling at 12. Uh, AWOD has challenged me to a bowling throwdown at River City Roll. Uh, I think a lot of people are very excited about this. I'm very excited about this. Here's the tale of the tape. Awad does his show Fridays from River City Roll every week, and every week he bowls. So he's fresh. He, he's been bowling. Uh, he's telling me he's putting up scores. He, he's rolled a 160 the other day. I'm going to be honest. I cannot compete with that. Um, the pressure of this moment, though, you never know how you'll truly react until you're in the middle of the Super Bowling Challenge, as we will be shortly. So we'll look forward to that. So here's how this is going to work. At 11.15, uh, you'll hear my chat with Linnell Willingham. We recorded that earlier. Not so much earlier that we're talking about, like, will the Commanders beat the Bears? It's not that kind of earlier. It's just like last night. Uh, you'll hear that while I slide over to River City Roll. Loosen up the bowling arm. Loosen, you know, loo- put on the shoes. Got to get the rental shoes, to put the little spray in them. The spray is for show. The spray's never cleaned anything. Uh, I don't the bowling secrets for you. Put on the shoes, get ready. Now, I was at one point, look, I'm from the Midwest. In the Midwest, we bowl. There's, there's not much else to do. There's not much else to do in the Midwest, so we bowl. At one point, I could put up a 200. That time was 20 years ago. And I haven't bowled. In that 20 years. So this this could be embarrassing. Uh, it's a very it's a low-stakes matchup, but a high-stakes matchup. Uh, a lot of pride on the line, and I believe the loser is going to have to take a shot of Tabasco sauce live on air. Uh, so I'm bracing myself. I don't I don't I'm I'm lowering expectations, right? I'm I'm the coach before the game. Other team's good. We got our work cut out for us. We'll see what happens. If you want to join us at noon, we'll be at River City Roll. Down there for a little fr- Friday fun, the Super Bowling Challenge. Yes, sir, JC. How many ounces is that shot of Tabasco? Is this a regulation Dep- shot? Depends if I win or if I lose, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm nervous for you. There you go. I'd say it's in my backpack. I'll get it during the break and uh, and show you. I actually brought it. Oh, uh, with, okay. It's, it's with tell. me. It's it's in the it's in my possession Very right good. now. So we're we're prepared. And we're ready. Kind of like a little, little airplane bottle of Tabasco. Oh, a little nipster. Okay. Um, like just a, a little something for the loser. Ten frames uh, plus plus bonuses if you earn them. If you don't earn them, you don't get them. Can't, can't, can't take them with you. Those are the rules of bowling. We'll talk with our guy Gary Hess here at 1015, of course. Uh, all sorts of fun up ahead today. Uh, I want to revisit that LSU South Carolina women's basketball game last night. An absolute treat. But the news this morning is the NFL coaching search carousel. We're down to two teams, folks, and yesterday brought what I would consider to be the first stunner of the cycle. And it's going to put something in play here for the commanders. I'm just going to say it. Bill Belichick did not get the Atlanta Falcons job. I think we were all counting on that happening. Belichick had been down there for two interviews, had done the in-person interview. Owner Arthur Blank reportedly very much wanted him. Uh... The, the details and the organization were the parts that, that tripped it up. So Bill Belichick's, I think, almost certainly going to be left without a head coaching job in the 2024 season. By the way, Mike Vrabel, same boat. I don't think either of them are going to be coaching football next year. You got two jobs left. You got the commander's job and the Seattle Seahawks job. Now, 
The commanders are bringing in Dan Quinn for a third interview next week, which is a little aggressive for Dan Quinn. Uh, Not that I don't think he'll be a good coach. I think he's Seattle's guy. And I'm wondering if that's a little gamesmanship here to, to keep Seattle on track and focused on their search. At any rate, the commanders are zerode in on Ben Johnson. That's that's how we're putting it there. That's the that's the, the you can't officially hire until the Lions season's over, but they're zeroed in on Ben Johnson. So you got you got everybody in their landing spot here. The chairs have stopped. Everybody's got their seats. And we got two big names that are not going to get to sit down in head coaching chairs next year. Bill Belichick because the negotiations fell apart in Atlanta. And Mike Vrabel, the fired coach of the Tennessee Titans, who ended up not getting an interview elsewhere. By the way, there are people razz in Tennessee for not trading Vrabel. I think this is this is your conclusive proof here. There was nothing to trade. Uh, nobody wanted him. Look at look at the guys who are getting hired. They are young and they coach offense. That's the theme here. That you you add up these coaches who have been selected. They are young and they coach offense. Brian Callahan got a job, and Bill Belichick didn't. Dave Canales got a job yesterday. Bill Belichick's still looking. There's a type right now. NFL wants a young offensive mind. So, here's the question. You're a Washington Commanders fan, and I know a lot of you are. Do you want Bill Belichick as your defensive coordinator? And Grant Paulson, by the way, I brought this up to him, and, and he was visceral in his reaction. Hard no. Hard no for Grant Paulson. I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. I want Bill Belichick as my defensive coordinator. Here's the thing. Bill Belichick didn't get a head coaching job, not because he's not qualified. He's insanely qualified. Not because he's not good at coaching. He's great at coaching. Not because the game has passed him by. I think it was very clear this year. The schemes are still fresh and innovative as they've ever been. Bill Belichick didn't get a job this year because in New England, he had total control over the whole building. Final say over everything that happened, everywhere it happened. And I don't think he's going to get that anywhere. And if he didn't get it this year, seven coaching openings, eight coaching openings if you count New England, uh, obviously Belichick wasn't going to get the job in New England for reasons. Uh, Eight coaching openings, seven of them would have had Belichick on their list. And he got none of them, got negotiations with Atlanta, didn't get it. That's not going to be different in 25. That's not going to be any different next year. There still is not going to be a team that wants to give Bill Belichick full control, especially not after he's out of the league for a year. You see this a lot. You got to stay in the game. You got to stay in the circuit. And the way to do that for Bill Belichick is going to be to be a defensive coordinator somewhere. And it's going to be to show that you can be part of a functional team and that you can take orders from somebody. Because when he's the head coach again, he's not going to run the building. The days of him running a building are over. He's going to have to be a coach somewhere and show that he can be lower on the the org chart. Not at the very top. Not calling the shots. And I think Washington's a great place to do that. I really do. Uh, I think if you have a first-time coach in Ben Johnson... If Belichick's willing to take on that mentorship role, he could coach the heck out of that defense. You don't think Benjamin St. Juice get way better with Bill Belichick? You don't think the you know Kendall Fuller could have a career year with Bill Belichick? These are smart guys. 
Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. He'd make Deron Payne a freaking nose tackle. He'd been yelling for it for four years. Bill Belichick could see. He'd watch it tape for 10 seconds. He'd go, why isn't this guy a nose tackle? Let's go. Let's fix this problem. He'd get the defense humming. It's the everything else that's the issue. I'm willing to roll the dice. Uh, I, I think... I think I think it's a risk that would be worth taking. Vrabel too. I'd I'd take I'd take a look at Vrabel as well. Uh, I'd I'd go hard on those guys potentially. I do I do think as as the wheel settles down here. I'll, I'll be curious who Seattle picks. I think it's Dan Quinn, uh, Mike McDonald. I think that'll be your hot name next year. What he's done in Baltimore, the way that Ravens defense is humming. We'll get to the NFL picks in a bit. You just can't pick against this guy right now. He's on maybe the biggest heater an assistant coach has been on in a long time maybe since Kyle Shanahan was a young up-and-comer in Atlanta and he was leading the, leading his team to a Super Bowl I think this guy needs a lot more consideration all right we got to set the board for the uh, weekend in hoops as well we'll do that at 11 you are against Dayton tomorrow night six o'clock I'm just crazy fired up for this game gonna be a fantastic basketball game love to see if spiders might be the A-10's best hope to hang with Dayton. We'll see if they can do it. VCU's down in Charlotte. They'll take on Davidson tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. If you're wondering where to hear that, I don't know why you are. We say it every time they play. It's right here. It's on the fan. A little late night tip. A little Saturday night action for you. VCU at 8 o'clock. UVA and Tech both have relatively easy games this weekend. UVA headed to Louisville. Uh, they can't. UVA can't win on the road, but this is a game you can win on the road. They can take care of business against Louisville. Georgia Tech visits the castle sold out crowd there five o'clock tip out in Blacksburg we're off and running it's a Friday a little Friday fun here as we build to the Super Bowling throwdown between me and Awad high noon at River City Roll our friend Gary Hess joins us for his Friday visit next you're listening to 910 the fan now 1051 FM with 910 the fan sports director Gary Hess. Gary, the, the next two weeks, a uh, pair of big Saturday basketball games here in town. Uh, tomorrow, Dayton's coming to UR, both undefeated in the A-10. Uh, I'm on record as saying nobody's touching Dayton. But if anybody can touch Dayton, maybe it's a, a well-organized Chris Mooney outfit. You know, I'm going to be honest with you up front. I, I, I follow college basketball pretty closely. Yeah. Did not see this Richmond team coming. How could you have? Um, and I know you put pieces together, and I knew about Jordan King, and but I mean, it's just Mooney's done an incredible job putting this, putting the pieces together on this team, and they're fun to watch, and they're tough. But I'm with you. Dayton is next level good. They're they're really good. It'd be really good for the conference if the Spiders could scratch one out. May, you, you'd be talking two-bid league because we're not touching Dayton's at large. Right. They're getting one. Right. Uh, would be great to it get would the be Spiders really good discussion. for the league if 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 somebody in the conference tournament could scratch one. Nah, out that's true. It. That is always true. That's always. <laughs> I wonder about that sidetrack. This is our first sidetrack of the day. 10-17. Mark it down. That's right. I wonder the new college football playoff format. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna have twelve teams. Five conference winners, seven wild card teams. Okay. If you've got a situation, your situation last year was Michigan was undefeated, playing for the Big Ten title against Iowa, who had what three losses, what you know, whatever they had, uh, couldn't score a point, whatever. <laughs> Michigan was in, and in any scenario, even if they lost to Iowa, they would have gotten in the playoffs. Agreed. 
Do you smell what I'm what I'm cooking here? Yeah, I do. Do you smell what the refs might be cooking here? Because a playoff berth is going to be worth a crap ton of money to these conferences. Oh, see what I'm saying? I'm wondering. I'm just just throwing up the flags now. It's like it's like F1 team orders. Yeah, you go. <laughs> it is like F1 team orders. That's like yeah. <laughs> Allow the overtake. That's right. right. Uh, uh, Yeah, Coach Grant, we're going to have to have you uh, let Richmond pass. We're we're going to wing T, wing T, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, That sets up next weekend, of course, Richmond against uh, VCU, which, look, Everything you've said about Richmond's a hundred percent true. What Coach Mooney has done, what what that team has done, gelling together the pieces they've assembled. VCU though has the best thing you can be in basketball. They're hot. They are, and it, the interesting thing I find about VCU is from night to night, you're not really sure who their leading scorer is going to be. Yeah, which makes defending them a little difficult. I mean, you know, you look you. This, and Bearstow hasn't even really gotten hot yet offensively. And so, yeah, this is a team that the puzzle pieces were kind of late coming in, and now they're starting to fit, and, and, and Bambasil's really found it. And it is, and they've kind of, after that 0-2 start in the A-10, they kind of got the message of, uh, hey, oh, oh, you, okay, now we got to do what the coach says on the defensive end of the floor. By the way, even when they were losing, I was just super impressed with that staff, Ryan Odom and his staff, the the scouting reports they put together, the game plans, they're as detailed as you, you'll get. The tendencies, the way they practice, guys. Uh, that, that's that's a staff that has impressed me so far. Uh, I think it's it's not the X's and O's that, that are going to trip them up if they get tripped up this year. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, the uh, Seth Greenberg. Um, who, uh, by the way, my favorite—I've heard of him. My favorite, and, and I've heard him. Yeah, true. My favorite Seth Greenberg quote is uh, when he got ejected when he was coach of the Hokies at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yes, and he he went in the press conference and he goes, "I want it on record. I did not curse <laughs> until after I was ejected." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he always says, and it sounds overly simplistic because there's so many aspects to it. But he goes, "When push comes." to shove. Yeah. Basketball is a make and miss game. Don't overthink it. And it is the truth. Yeah. It you know and that is how will VCU respond one night when some when you know they don't have somebody who's hot emerge. I mean everybody's going to have that problem eventually, but you know how will VCU respond? Can they lean on that defense on a night where the the shots aren't going in? Basketball at its core is a game of, of stars too, in a way that other sports just aren't. You know, you the best players don't always win in football, but in the in the NBA and in college basketball, best players win a lot of the a time. A lot. A lot of the a, time. A lot. So no question. yeah, it is. But I, I'm excited about the game tomorrow just to I think it's you know, Richmond has kind of answered every measuring stick. Well, now they're getting, you know, a huge one. So that, that's the big one. It's a it's a, a find out day for Chris Mooney for sure. Does not get better than that. Uh, my favorite Seth Greenberg was when they dragged him up here to the Richmond Coliseum to play a neutral site game against VCU. Right. Nobody <laughs> complained more than that guy complained. They did. It was Governor Bob McDonald 
It was the Governor's Holiday Hoops Classic I for remember. charity. They threw a little press conference. They brought all the coaches in to promote the Governor's charitable initiatives. That was the grumpiest man at the, at the <laughs> hey, look what the Governor did for charity press conference I've ever seen. That's right. For that neutral court game with VCU. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I do remember. It's all coming back to me It's now. all coming back. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Greenberg was a wealth of quotes. Still is. That's yeah. why he's making a good living in television. <laughs> he, he's good on TV. Uh, Jim Beheim's on TV. That's a head-scratcher when I see that. That that You're hiring the name and not the talent. There. I was watching, and I don't remember what game it was, but um, Wes Durham was doing play-by-play. Wes, by the love, way. Love Wes. Me too. High quality. Wait, Woody's kid, of course, of, yes. of North Carolina yep. fame. But a, Wes a is doing it. Right? It's, it's, I don't remember who the third guy was. Maybe it was Corey Alexander. But Beheim was there. It was three people. Three-man booth. And uh, it was – they were basically, like, asking him leading questions constantly. <laughs> and I'm listening to this, and I'm like, man, they just don't know where he's going to go. He has no idea where to go. So they're just kind of like, you know, leading a horse to water constantly. And it was painful. It uh, was painful. Imagine a radio program where the host didn't know where he was going to go. <sighs> And then and then took it to those places on a regular basis. And I'm not it, sure it would be unlistenable. Nobody would listen to such a program on nine ten. The fan from ten to noon. It's painful, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> they would. Uh, the show about nothing. It worked once before. Uh, the uh, Bayheim in studio is painful, but less painful than Bayheim as a color analyst at a game. Are there enough? So far, are there enough Syracuse fans to justify that? Because like you watch Jason Garrett on TV, and you're like, that guy's not good on TV, but he used to coach the Dallas Cowboys, so there's 50 million Americans that want to hear from him. Like, are there that many people? Like, you know what I was wondering? What Jim Beheim thinks of that first half? <laughs> like, the, the great Jim Beheim quote, of course, when you know. when he when they brought the ACC tournament back to to Greensboro, and he, right. he to, where we're going to go eat at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, bought him a lot of fans down on Tobacco Road. Well, you know, you know, we should chronicle the times that Beheim was in a good mood. That would be easier than the times he was in a bad mood. I'm afraid we have to fill ten minutes here, Gary, <laughs> in this segment. That's uh, that's, that's a quickie. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So. Uh, UVA Louisville tomorrow. Uh, I'm writing that one off. Louisville's bad. Louisville's that, bad. That's a bad team. UVA's got to got to prove they can win one on the road, which they did at Georgia Tech. They but, did at Georgia Tech after an oh, an awful start. Um, they believe in scaring the crap out of their fans at all times. Even that NC State game just completely botched the end game before winning it. Even yes, they did. You, yeah. you know, yeah. don't be afraid to mix in a made free throw every now and then. <laughs> and you know what? Their good free throw shooters were the ones at the line. It was it was so the final possessions are regulation. They've got fouls to give and don't give them. They have a timeout to call and they don't call it on the offensive side. And then you miss what three of your first. Six free throws coming out. That, that was a tough watch. If you had told me, as someone who follows all these teams in advance, that Virginia was going to have what it was it eighteen nineteen offensive rebounds against NC State. Yeah, and they had fifty nine points, fifty four total rebounds. Yeah, incredible. That's it's just I would never have seen that. Yeah, uh, Miner had a great game and. He's, get, he's getting good. Didn't score much. He is starting to look a little more like Jaden Gardner did last two yeah. years for, for UVA. And that is 
you know, possibly the most critical piece of everything to have that presence in the on the inside. To bring it full circle to the VCU discussion, I don't envy the committee's job this year because you're going to have team like you look at VCU, you might be looking at a team that's on a seven game heater to close the season, looks like a tournament team. You open up the resumes, Norfolk State, George Washington. What are we looking at here? No. I mean, you're essentially having to decide, do you still evaluate a whole season in the transfer era? Jordan Minor stunk in some November games, and now looks like a piece of a Sweet 16 caliber squad. What do you do with that? You know, you're going to have to, I think you have to take into consideration the entire body of work, maybe not all equally. Ooh. All games are equal, but some are more equal than others. There you go. There well you said. Go. Yes. Animal Farm. Yep. Animal Farm indeed. That is. Um, uh, so that's the way I would look at it's that. It's our first literary poll of the day, by the way. It's very nicely done. <laughs> is that Orwell? I don't think so. Okay. Was uh, it? Was Animal Farm George no, Orwell? No, Ray Bradbury. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's Uh-oh. Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. Uh, you stumped me on the follow up there. Uh, Animal Farm George Orwell. Nicely done. No, that's. There's you, the poll. You made me doubt myself. There's the poll, Gary Hess, folks. There we go. I love it. <laughs> My mother would be so proud of absolutely, me right now. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. All right. So, so now that he appears to be getting locked out, are we getting ready for the um, Bayheim of the NFL with a TV job for Bill Belichick? He's got to decide, do I want to be a defensive coordinator, swallow my pride and do it to stay in the game, or am I ready to go be on TV? By the way, Hot take, I think he'll be all right on TV. I in, think he in, will, too. In a limited role. Like, yeah. you don't want him going Tony Romo off the cuff because he's he's never going to give you that emotion because he, he's famous for not emoting. Right. But if you give him some tape to break down, he's going to give you a segment. I agree. And, you know, maybe as one of the stu- – in studio, I think he'd be very good. Yeah. And, you know, some of those situations where he's done that stuff, he's – it's like, wait a minute, that's Bill Belichick. Yeah, he he actually does have a personality, which right? Is wild. You know, he did Nick, the, Nick Saban will probably he do that. Did the pick segments on College Game Day at yep. the Army Navy game? He yep. was really good in that segment. So Nick Saban, what you know, what's Nick Saban gonna do? Well, I roll around in a pool of money and laugh at whoever's next at Alabama. I guess. But I think that's true. There you go, Gary Hess. I always appreciate you dropping by on Fridays. Indeed. Enjoy the basketball and then enjoy the football on Sunday. Looking forward to it. We'll be back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 1051. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 1051 FM. Rolling right along on a Friday, 1032. Thanks for joining us here around Richmond on 910 The Fan, 1051 FM, and worldwide on the free Odyssey app. It's got the rewind button. You might need that later when I'm down at River City Roll. River City Roll, high noon today, the Super Bowling Throwdown. Uh, MP on the mic taking on AWOD. Uh, this, this is, I mean, truly... People are talking about this. I don't know. Uh, we'll get Derby Bill to set a line on this, maybe a pin line. I don't know. I did, can you bet on bowling? I don't know. I've never tried. Uh, today may be the day. We'll see if uh, see if Derby Bill can give us a um, a line, a wad against MP on the mic bowling throwdown at River City Roll. Uh, I I'm gonna give myself a 36 percent chance of winning. That's the uh, that's the number. Just 36. 36 percent chance of winning. I think that's low, buddy. That's that's 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, we we ran the numbers all night. The computer simulated a, a 10,000 10, bowling frames and returned back, um, you know, that that result. So that that's what we'll set the lines off of. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying there's a chance. They bowl this game 10 times. <laughs> they win 9 of them. <laughs> yeah. But not today, boys. And you don't today need the... is our day. <laughs> you don't need the gutter bumpers. Uh, you don't we're not doing the gutter bumpers from MP. The the miracle on Pinewood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, NFL uh, NFL awards finalists are out. Uh, we'll do that in a second. Uh, every week, I promise NFL picks on Friday. Every week, I complain about having to make NFL picks on Friday. And then every week, I make NFL picks on Friday. So uh, today is that day. This is that moment. It is time. Uh, Josh, You, uh, I want JC on the mic here, too, for NFL picks. So you can go ahead and fire up the music here. Get us, uh, get us in a good place here. Uh, take your time doing that, cause cause we got we only got two games, so we got to really really milk this segment for all it's worth here. Yeah, hit the, hit the music. Let's let's get fired up. Yeah, there we go. We got Megan Luck on the board today. Yeah, we do. We are in good hands. Uh, JC, you and I are tied, first place in the Odyssey playoff pick'em. Uh, I reached this spot. By spending 17 years of my life covering professional football (laughs) full-time, I have talked to several of the coaches who will be involved in games this weekend. I've talked to several of the players who will be on the field this weekend. Mm -hmm. I have studied tape. I have studied statistics. I have devoted my life to understanding this sport. You have reached first place uh, by going with your gut and team colors. This is a, a, a bit of a blow to me. Uh, and my profession, if we're being quite honest. Look, the the one thing I will disagree with on that, it's not it's not by color, but it is by gut. It is one hundred. It has one hundred percent by gut and stroke of luck that I have landed in the number one spot with you. All so. right, I'll I'll give uh, <laughs> I'll I'll give my picks. So you can follow behind me because uh, people people need to hear from you. Is that is that work? That's true. All right, good yeah, deal. I'm down. Let's uh, go. First first game, Lions and the Niners, and. I love the Detroit Lions. I love this story. I love the Detroit versus everybody shirts. I love Eminem. I love that he has a restaurant named Mom's Spaghetti next to the arena. I love every... No way. That's true. That's true. Good pull. They serve spaghetti. It's 100% (laughs) true. Uh, All of that is. A great fan base. I would love for the Lions to win the Super Bowl. If I had to pick one team to win the Super Bowl, it's the Detroit Lions. And I would love for Coach Ben Johnson to be an offensive coordinator who wins a Super Bowl before he gets on a plane after a party and flies to Ashburn to revive the Washington Commanders. I would love all of those things. Furthermore, I would like to point out that there may not be a worse coach in big game situations anywhere in America than Kyle Shanahan, who is a genius, an unquestioned genius, has done things with the offensive side of the ball that, that people will be studying and imitating for decades. Uh, he has birthed an entire coaching tree that has permeated the NFL. There are now Next year, there are going to be five NFL teams that run some version of the Kyle Shanahan offense, people who studied and mentored under Kyle Shanahan. He is phenomenal, but does not show up in the big moments. Here's the situation. I don't think he trusts Brock Purdy, uh, but I don't think Jared Goff is any good. Uh, I think uh, I think Ben Johnson is MacGyvering this thing together with some duct tape. Uh, I think Jameer Gibbs is awesome, but I think the Niners' defensive line is too much. I not only like the Niners, I like laying the points here. JC, 
It is the Niners and the Lions in, in the NFC title game. I'll save you some time. It's Niners for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. This you studied. I mean. You've spoken to coaches. This is what I mean. I choose with my gut. There you go. Your gut says Niners. All right. Game. It's not just my gut, though. Obviously, Debo Samuel, amazing receiver. There you go. Uh, we got McCaffrey running up. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Stubb, I can do research, too. Shout out to Stubb, who's in the studio. JC's got Google as well, <laughs> folks. Uh, Chiefs-Ravens, that's the early game, 3 o'clock. Uh, I like this one better because I love everything about this matchup. The way Patrick Mahomes is playing right now, just absolute chef's kiss. Yeah. I mean, just just phenomenal football right now. Isaiah Pacheco, the way he's running, just uh, bowling over people. I love it. The Chiefs' defense is the understated story of this year, what they've been doing. Now, I said in the first segment, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, I mean, this is the best team in football, period. The Baltimore Ravens are the best team in football. Doesn't mean they'll win the Super Bowl, but does mean they're the best team in football. They will crush the Lions in the Super Bowl. They will crush the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I don't love this matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Me neither. I, 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 am, I am skeptical that, that this will be the cakewalk it is being presented as. That said, I it is hard for me to sit here in front of a microphone and in good conscience not pick the best team in the National Football League. There's the gut element of it going in. I think this is going to be a super fun game. I do take the Ravens, though. And I'm going to repeat your pick because that's what I had locked in a week ago. There it's, you go. It's going to be Ravens. I, I think it's, it's going to be an electric game. It's going to be a huge tit-for-tat all the way through. Might even be OT. It's going to be a tit for tat. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. That's that's the kind of analysis you can only get on MP on the mic. But well, from JC exclusively, because you don't I, say things like that. I probably wasn't going to call it a tit for tat game. That's uh, that's not a... Uh, I, I, I mean, yeah, you're, you're venturing into territory there. Hey, AWOD just perked up, so I'm going to watch that tit for tat game on Peacock. He's, he's working up a joke around that as we speak. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's got material now. You've given our guy material. Great. I, okay. I am considering that you're playing Ravens, yeah. and in the Super Bowl you would play Ravens. Yes. All right. I'm considering going Chiefs just so we have a winner then. I feel like we need a winner, right? I would be di- I would be disappointed if this contest ended with a tie. On the other <laughs> hand, if an Odyssey-wide contest... Stubb, you're not a factor. Thank- Stubb yeah. is pointing to himself. He's Stubb like, is one point, beh- one point behind us. <laughs> Stubb, Stubb's got to gain a point. Stubb basically would need the Lions to win to have a chance at this thing and to pick them. Um, he knows what he's got to do. You know what you got to do. Or wait for the Super Bowl and, and cut against the grain in the Super Bowl. Uh, I just, cotton. On the other hand, it would be poetic if we walked off with uh, with the tie uh, right. as as our show carrying the banner on top. I don't know. I'll make my decision later today. I also don't know if Awad's <laughs> going to sell me his Ravens to win the Super Bowl ticket. That that could be a factor, too, because I you know, get, get all my ducks aligned here, get them all in a row. True. We're going so to need an update on that when you get to... Uh, River City Roll today. Uh, there, there's a lot of things we need to update at River City Roll. For example, how I am crushing him at the t- cancel a team game. I, we'll, we'll mention that regularly. <laughs> uh, so those are the picks. Uh, NFL awards finalists have been announced. Finalists for MVP. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. I think this one lost a lot of the suspense when the Ravens smashed the Niners on national TV. Uh, I don't think anybody's holding their breath. On that one, Lamar Jackson's going to be your MVP, of course. Christian McCaffrey, it means, will be your Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, I'm intrigued. You got some good uh, good candidates here. Uh, I think your favorite is probably Miles Garrett uh, of the Browns. 
But I, I'm not sleeping on T.J. Watt or Micah Parsons. Uh, I thought they both had phenomenal seasons as well. It doesn't help that you have two Cowboys finalists, right? You got Micah Parsons and Deron Bland, both of whom had great seasons. You don't like to see two guys from the same team on the ballot. Sometimes they split the vote. I think I think that makes Miles Garrett the favorite there. Uh, Coach of the year, Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, and Kevin Stefanski. Everybody's got the Browns love, and you vote for these after the regular season. I think in a revote, D'Amico Ryans would get some love, and I think Dan Campbell would get some love. I think it's Stefanski's to lose, though, just because of what the Browns did during the regular season. All right, the one I'm actually most intrigued by. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued by this one, too. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think it's C.J. Stroud. I am prepared to give, in the event that we ever have a guest fall through here, a 12-minute defense of why I think Puka Nakua deserves consideration. Okay. Uh, I, I'm telling you, he's not going to win. C.J. Stroud's going to win. I'll love me some Puka Nakua, though. Uh, I hope he gets some votes and some love for Offensive Rookie of the Year. All right, the one I'm intrigued by, the comeback player of the year. This is usually cut and dry. Remember Alex Smith won a couple of years ago. His leg shattered into a million pieces. He came back. He played football. He, w- he was good at it. Um, this was obviously DeMar Hamlin's to lose. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, of course, has one of the great comeback stories of all time. But then Joe Flacco happened at the end of the season. And Joe Flacco actually led his team to the playoffs. And DeMar Hamlin, and this is no disrespect to what he's accomplished by getting back to football, didn't actually do anything on the football field this year. Which, from an awards voting perspective, does make this a little bit tricky. This is a little bit of a sticky wicket here for the voters. (laughs) Because DeMar Hamlin is the most famous football comeback story of all time now. Mm -hmm. But it also, the comeback traditionally involves doing things on the back part of the comeback. Actually coming back, yes. And Joe Flacco <laughs> did, and DeMar Hamlin didn't. Uh, I I don't think the voters have the guts to not vote for DeMar Hamlin, but I, I think by the definition of the award, it's Joe Flacco's to, to lose here. What do you think about Mayfield for the... Look at you. For the nomination, you though. You did do your research. I love it. Yeah, buddy. I've ba- been watching this season. <laughs> Baker Mayfield uh, you know, came back from being bad at football. And, and the yeah. voters often don't reward that. Traditionally, comeback player of the year has to be a major injury or like full on like retirement or out of the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's it, you're right though. Baker Mayfield came back from being bad at football to being good at football again, and Dave Canales got the uh, got the Carolina job because of that. He he is a finalist. Uh, Matthew Stafford, the other finalist, coming back from his injury, and Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. Uh, who had a great season as well. Tua faded late. That 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 kind of cost him. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would have been in that discussion. Right. So there you go. The NFL Awards. Uh, we'll be down in Vegas for the NFL Awards. They, they give those the Thursday before the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll go check out the red carpet or something. I don't know. Can I take Awad to the red carpet? Does he does he own a tux? We'll have to ask. <laughs> him. I'm guessing Awad doesn't own a tux, but I'm going to say this in full disclosure. I also do not own a tuxedo. And neither do I. No, so no, we're all yeah. tuxless. Yeah, uh, I could wear I could wear a nice suit and fit in, though. I think I think I sure. could red carpet award situation. I did last year when uh, uh, Rondé Barber got voted into the Hall of Fame. I was down there covering that. Nice. And I wore a nice suit. And look, I was outdressed by everybody, but it wasn't glaring. It wasn't glaring situation. Okay. All right, JC's got a topic for us on the other side. Uh, it's uh, JC on-the-board food topic. Uh, we love those on a Friday. We'll get Megan to weigh in, too. It's a party. It's Friday. We're building to the big roll-off at River City Roll. Stick with us, 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. 105.1 FM. 
1049 Friday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us, making us a part of your day, wherever you are in here, out there on the Odyssey app. MP on the mic. Got another hour for you at 12 o'clock. AWOD Radio takes over live from River City Roll in good old Richmond, Virginia. It's the roll-off. We've been billing it. It is the roll-off. And uh, AWOD Radio will take on MP on the mic. But right now, we got all our rowdy friends here for Friday morning. JC's here. Megan's here. Stubbs here. Uh, JC always hey, brings hey. the goods. I trust you have done so again today. That's right. That's right. Michael. <laughs> I'm adjusting you're, my you're mic not, over you're here. Not, you're not swelling me with Papa confidence. We had to play I know musical. You could, I, I know you got this. <laughs> we had to play musical mics just now, the three of us. Yeah. It was all messed up, but we got it now. All right. So, very interesting segment from one of my favorite uh, content creators, uh, Josh Scherer, a.k.a. Mythical Chef. Josh, shout out to Good Mythical Morning and all of the affiliates. Uh, he has a wonderful segment called Last Meals. Now, if you had one final meal to eat, you know you have hours or however long. You know when you're going to die, and it's time to eat as much of the food that you love the most um, as you can. What would you pick? Okay, I like this. This is the topic. I like this. You, you put some thought into this then. I had to. Okay. Because it, these, this is important to me, you know. Food. I do. I do know food is important to you. I, I'm assuming this is a collection of eight of your favorite soups. <laughs> Soup isn't even on the list, actually, which is crazy. I'm just going with like nostalgic. You have picks. a oh, you have a list. <laughs> I was gonna. Honestly, I jotted a couple things down. Honestly, I was gonna pick like barbecue, but I, apparently I need to step my game up here. Oh, All right. yes. so I'm gonna yeah, let you no. answer and then I'll answer. Yeah, yeah, maybe give you a, give you a feel for what we're what we're looking for here. Please I'm, do. So, for example, to start off, um, Waffle House hash browns. We were talking about, Megan and I were talking about potatoes and how the wedges from U-Crops are fantastic. The best. But the hash browns from Waffle House with everything, smothered, scattered, peppered, whatever. I did not see that coming. Lay it on me. <laughs> so so the, the concept of this is like, what's the food you cherish most in the whole world? Yes. And and the first thing you said was Waffle House hash browns. <laughs> That's how I'd want to start. Wild. All right. That is We're, a wild start. We're off to a wild start here. All right. Keep going. <laughs> Look, I didn't have a lot of money growing up, Michael. Sure. So hey. Waffle House is the place. And I mean, you want to show with your breakfast? Waffle House. There There's you go. always something happening in there. There you go. That doesn't make sense. Um, right. <laughs> moving on. Uh, it's still breakfast time. My mama's sausage gravy. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's a great pick. That's a great sentimental pick. Biscuits Absolutely. Biscuits and gravy. Absolutely. Homemade. Sure. Made with Made with all the love for Mama two, C. Two breakfast foods. I love breakfast, too. All right. Now all we right. got to move on. Uh, this one, I'm, I'm listening for you, George, on X. Come at me. The Club Supreme. From Jersey Mike's. Good sandwich. That's the one with the bacon and the roast solid. beef. Mm. and Yeah, that's a good sandwich. Bacon, roast okay. beef. Yeah. Good I sandwich. Mean, everything on it, and I do add pickles. You have to. <laughs> that's, I'm glad you agree, Megan. I love pickles. <laughs> um, and then for dessert, uh, rainbow cookies from Ucrops Bakery. Oh, no. Shout out, Ucrops no. Bakery. Well, I know. Were you in here when we devoted an entire segment to them? No. No. They're bad. <gasps> you take that back. <laughs> you're not. You're not eating a good cookie. You're eating a memory. 
you have memories. I like it. You have memories <laughs> of getting them when you were six, when you were shopping at Ucrops, and they gave them to you while you shopped. There are so many better cookies out there in the world. Michael, Dang. I think those are fine I mean, words. I, I'm not. Look, I'm not from <laughs> Richmond, so I I can see the light in a way that you Richmonders cannot. You're you're eating a memory. You're not you're not eating a, a delicious food product. Oh I God. say that. I love Ucrops. I love the wedges. I love the fried chicken. I love the breakfast pizza. I love Ucrops. I love the yeah. Ucrops family. I love the White House rolls. But those that's cookies. not their finest hour. Just saying. All right. <laughs> Gosh, Megan, Megan, what you got? Okay, okay, I got my list too. Uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. I want a burger from there. Okay. Um, my homemade pasta. Okay. Something of my mom's. I haven't decided what yet. Uh, we'll Subway. Keep her on call. Yes, exactly. Subway sandwich. Um, I love Subway. What happened there? <laughs> hey! <laughs> They're so good. I love them. Um, Emotional picks, guys. <laughs> hey, boy, you, we, we, we. This segment started with like. Name the greatest foods in the world, and we've somehow gone to both Waffle House and Subway in the span of four minutes. I said, name their sandwich artist, dang it, it's artistry. <laughs> but they have really good mayonnaise. They have great mayonnaise. All right, I'll, I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. Um, a poke bowl and yeah. tea from my favorite places off Midlothian. Yeah. Um, and then I would also throw in there. Oh my goodness, what was my last thing I had? Oh, Costco orange chicken, specifically Ooh. the old one, not the one they have now. That one's fine, but like the one they used to have, I think it was Bibigo. Oh, that was good. Oh, nice. Love yeah, it. Stub, you want to slide in uh, with a take here? Burger. See, that's <laughs> Stub and I get <laughs> it over burger. here. Stubs are requesting a burger. I want some barbecue. I, I want an everlasting gobstopper because I can't die until I finish eating it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, that was the deal? Really it's my answer. last meal. It's <laughs> really my last answer. meal. I can't can't die until I finish eating it. So I think uh, I think that's the play here, right? So, so like a really chewy beef jerky. Just something that's going to take a while to get through. Right, a well-done steak. We're Absolutely. Just yeah. chewing forever. Stomach is just over here throwing down on meat, though. He we're not, uh, we're not, we're not worried about the specifics. I, I, I feel like I'll be too afraid of death at the moment that I just want a burger. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to think about all these sense. things. That's true. That makes sense. Reminds me of the great Parks and Rec scene where they Ron Swanson puts his burger up against the oh, turkey yeah. burger. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. The plant based burger can't go wrong. Yeah, nobody, nobody's doing that at their last meal. Nobody wanted it. They just wanted the greasy, beefy burger. As always, thank you for your uh, thank you for your time, JC. We will return. Look at a uh, big big weekend in basketball. You are Dayton highlights a loaded schedule. You hear some of it on the fan. We'll tell you all about it after this. You're listening to nine ten the fan at one hundred five one FM. Hour number two, MP on the mic. Really appreciate y'all joining us in here out there live on the free Odyssey app with the rewind button. Got to say it now because I know I didn't say it eleven fifteen and I didn't say it at eleven thirty. I know that. Not because I am a time traveler, but because we have already recorded those segments. I'm live right now. This is me. Hi, it's me. Uh, I'm the problem. It's me. Stop. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> but, but in a second, after this segment, I'm going to drive down to River City Roll. Now, we've recorded the 11.15 and the 11.30. Yes. Had great chance with, uh, with my guys, Linnell Willingham, Mike Sveditz. Uh We always love chatting with those guys. Uh, so the show will continue, and the show will be excellent. Uh, but then it, at 11.45, I'll, I'll reemerge as though I time-traveled or teleported, <laughs> but I actually I just drove down the road at River City Roll for the Super Bowl-ing off uh, with AWOD Radio. Uh, we're, roll, we're rolling, and uh, th- this is it. This is the, We've been building to this for weeks. I'm excited. Today's the roll-off. I'm, and I am pulling say, for you. Say nom, Donnie. There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> you, you saw the tweet. 
Oh, no, I, I was just going the Big Lebowski. I literally posted a gif of Donnie bowling for sure. the Big Lebowski for why, this post today. Why wouldn't you? One of the, one of the great bowling movies of all time, the I dare say. The best bowling movie of all time. The best bowling movie of all time. Uh, what was the one with Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson? Are you thinking of Kingpin? I am thinking of Kingpin. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there, there are enough. There are there are enough bowling movies. Uh, the Flintstones movie, I, I think, could be considered a bowling movie in a lot of <laughs> sure. ways. Something to think about. Yeah. Uh, last night, big night in basketball. Uh, go ahead and fire that up. Raven Johnson, ten seconds to shoot it. Dribbling right. Now back to her left. Got to do something with it. Twenty-five seconds to play. Around a screen to her right. Raven drives into the lane, floats it up and in. There you go. LSU South Carolina. Uh, women's basketball. That's as good as women's basketball gets right there. Uh, LSU with, uh, of course, the defending national champs, Kim Mulkey, uh, Angel Reese, uh, South Carolina, who is number one in the country, undefeated. And you heard that call Brad Muller from Learfield Radio as Raven Johnson drove and scored. She she hung on to it. South Carolina was up three, about 40 seconds left. So they didn't have to didn't have to uh, didn't have to foul. She ran the whole shot clock and then just drove the lane, got what she wanted, got the basket, secured the game. It was uh, an impressive end to an impressive game uh, out there. Uh, I love it. Don Staley, I ride with Don Staley. And look, I don't like Kim Mulkey. I don't know Kim Mulkey at all. But I, I've just I made up my mind on Kim Mulkey. I don't. She could be a lovely person aside from the persona. I don't know. All I know is the persona, and I'm out. I'm She's a out. Spitfire, dude. I'm out. She's crazy. I ride with Dawn Staley. That's my homegirl. Uh, it's great to see her having success down there at South Carolina. Absolutely. Great to see her undefeated. Uh, truly the great what if uh, for Virginia fans, UVA fans, is she wanted to be the next UVA basketball coach when uh, it, when Coach Ryan, Debbie Ryan, left after her lengthy run, okay. and they didn't hire her. Um, mistakes were made. Because she, uh, she has South Carolina number one in the country, undefeated. Uh, there's just so many stars in women's college basketball right now. Caitlin Clark at Iowa, of course. Uh, we've got yes. George A. Moore, Elizabeth Kitley over at Virginia Tech. There, I would venture to say, I would venture to say, there are more bona fide stars right now in women's college basketball than men's college basketball. It sounds like it. There, there are more. Household name, big name, star players that are appointment viewing than there are in men's college basketball. And that's both a celebration of women's college basketball and an indictment on what the men's game has become with everybody transferring all over the place all the time and your your one and dones and your two and dones and your four schools in four years. It's hard. It's getting harder. And and the women's college game has picked up the slack on that. Now I don't it hasn't translated to you know that spike in interest in the pro game. I'll be curious if it does as they as they go into the WNBA in the coming years. And I would think there's going to be less pressure on them to do that because of how much they're making being in commercials now. The NIL, you know, they they can hang out in college the full four years and not have to worry financially anymore, which uh, which is only going to be good for the game. South Carolina, last undefeated team in the country. Although our VCU Rams, VCU uh, Lady Rams, seventeen and two after their win over Dayton earlier this week, so they are rolling as well. Loaded slate this weekend on the men's side. Uh, big game tomorrow at the Robbins Center. Uh, looking forward to this one. Been looking forward to this one for a while, uh, especially 
since they're both undefeated in A-10 play. You are the Spiders. Uh, going to host Dayton. Dayton's the class of the A-10. They're the best team out there. Uh, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Once that ends, slide over to the fan. It's VCU at Davidson. Uh, this will be a nice test for VCU. Uh, they they should be able to beat Davidson, but you got a couple things happening here. You got the road game, you got the late start, um, and you got it. You got a plucky Davidson team. That's uh, how's that? That's a that's a, that's a word uh, that you use. Like they're not good, but they're plucky. Uh, so so VCU headed down to Davidson eight o'clock. Uh, of course, Awad with the uh, the pregame. Uh, I think he's out at Rams House. I, don't, I probably shouldn't quote that without knowing that. I think he's at Rams House for the pregame Saturday. If you want to drop by, watch the game out there. Have an adult beverage or two. Uh, JMU at App State. Uh, they're eighteen and two. Dukes keep on rolling. And a pair of doable games for our ACC teams who are also red hot. UVA heads out to Louisville. That's a noon tip. Do you know where? Do you know where Louisville plays? JC, you don't have to get on the mic. You, you can just give me the signal. The Yum Center, the KFC Yum Center. The Yum Center. They play at the Yum Center. I want to go there. Absolutely. I don't know if the if the Colonel will be there or not, but uh, the KFC Yum Center is the site. High noon tomorrow. <laughs> UVA. At Louisville, it's actually a very nice arena. They, is it? Well, they got that fried chicken money there. You know, that <laughs> could buy you some nice things. There, there's profit margin on fried chicken. It's mm. not. It's not like owning a steakhouse. You know, where you got to buy steaks. Like, right. There's profit margin on fried chicken. That's I should say so. Ingredient ingredients are cheap. Flour, <laughs> oil, chicken. Pretty and much. That's pretty much the recipe. That's pretty and how many herbs? Eleven herbs and spices. So uh, eleven, yes. I believe eleven. So that that's your budget, basically. Thirteen would be unlucky. The Yum Center is what I call my kitchen when I'm making soup. By the way, butumch. <laughs> there you go. Oh wait, uh, I have that, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, there you go. Georgia Tech at the Castle, five o'clock. Uh, as Virginia Tech, Tech tries to get onto the positive side of the ledger in ACC play, as we roll towards tournament time, it's January twenty sixth. We're about uh, about six weeks out. Uh, I had a great chat. I, I, I shouldn't just say these things on the air flippantly, but I always do. I uh, had a great chat about maybe taking the show up to the ACC tournament, uh, which is not not set in stone. That's not. It's not like the Super Bowl. Like I'm, we're going to the Super Bowl. That that's an actual thing that is happening. Yes. Uh, Adam staying in the Doritos Pyramid. Um, like like that is booked. <laughs> he has a confirmed room in the Doritos Pyramid. Um. The, Exciting. the Luxor Hotel in Vegas. That's the one themed like ancient Egypt with the pyramid. Um, the pyramid has been like sponsored by Doritos for the Super Bowl. So they made the pyramid look like a big nacho cheese chip. That um, sounds amazing. So he's staying in the nacho cheese chip in Vegas. Because where else would you stay? Where else would you where else would you where stay? Else? Where else would you stay in Vegas? That's such a good point. Such a good point. <laughs> Absolutely. That's happening. Uh, but hopefully we'll get out and about in March, see some basketball. Um, I do know we'll probably go over the Henrico Sports and Events there. They're hosting the A-10 Women's Tournament, Let's which, uh, by the way, I think VCU is going to be uh, participating and participating quite well in that. So that's going to be a ton of fun as well. Uh, one more note I want to pass along in, in our newsy segment here. Uh, the Virginia General Assembly's meeting, we talked about the arena bill the other day. They approved, uh, gave tentative approval to a casino in Tyson's Corner yesterday, which I find interesting, not because, I mean, everybody's building a casino everywhere these days, obviously, except Richmond. We did our thing. Go Richmond, RVA Pride. Um, it surprised me because I that, to me, had always been the bargaining chip to get the commanders here. 
was allowing them to build a casino with the stadium in Northern Virginia. Right. So you wouldn't have to subsidize it. You just give them a casino. That would exactly. be the subsidy. So if they're building that with private money, that tells me the commanders are, are pretty far down the road at RFK. Right. So just stick that in the back. Stick that feather in the back of your hat. We'll, uh, we'll come back to that at a later time. All right. Our guy, Linnell Willingham, on the other side. My chat with Mike Sveditz as we roll on. 11.45. Be here. That's the pregame show. The roll off at noon. You're listening to MP on the mic. 910 The Fan. Now 105.1 FM. 5.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 